Radio Listening Society, a podcast dedicated to suspense, crime, and horror stories from the golden age of radio. I'm Eric. I'm Tim. And I'm Joshua. We love mysterious old-time radio stories, but do they stand the test of time? Well, that's what we're here to find out. Today, we celebrate our 150th episode with a radio series we have yet to feature on the podcast, Nightbeat. Nightbeat aired on NBC from February 6th, 1950 to September 25th, 1952. The series followed Chicago newspaper columnist Randy Stone as he searched the city for the strange stories waiting for him in the darkness. Originally envisioned as a gritty newspaper drama, the pilot starred Edmund O'Brien as Lucky Stone, later changed to the less ostentatious Randy. The pilot was directed by Bill Rousseau, the man behind shows like Pat Novak for Hire and The New Adventures of Michael Shane. Rousseau brought his trademark intensity to Nightbeat, encouraging O'Brien to play Stone as a hard-boiled reporter determined to get to the story at any cost. NBC felt the tone was too harsh and recorded the pilot again. Warren Lewis stepped in as director and Edmund O'Brien was replaced by radio veteran Frank Lovejoy. His softer, more compassionate interpretation of Randy Stone convinced NBC to give Nightbeat a chance. Over the course of the series, Lovejoy was joined by an impressive cast of guest performers, including William Conrad, Stacey Harris, Lorene Tuttle, Ben Wright, Harry Bartell, and Joan Banks, who also happened to be Lovejoy's wife. Randy Stone was a complex character, a misanthrope with a heart of gold. When confronted by injustice, he could be hard and acerbic. When confronted by suffering, he could be tender and kind. When confronted by absurdity, he could crack wise with the best of his hard-boiled peers. For many fans, it's Frank Lovejoy's effortless embodiment of these contradictory traits that makes Nightbeat so special. In addition to stellar performances, Nightbeat featured sophisticated scripts designed to lure discerning adults away from the television and back to the radio. The scripts frequently blended genres using elements of suspense, crime, romance, and even comedy, but the intent was always the same, to create an emotionally charged human interest story. According to John Dunning, author of On the Air, the Encyclopedia of Old Time Radio, Nightbeat focused as much on people as predicament. The show's concentration on character never came at the expense of plot. Nightbeat stories were known for their surprise twists and ironic O. Henry-style endings. Each episode featured an epilogue in which Randy Stone pondered the bigger implications of the story, leaving listeners with a moral that was usually more philosophical than dogmatic. And now let's listen to Am I My Brother's Keeper from Nightbeat, originally broadcast March 13, 1950. It's late at night, and a chill has set in. You're alone, and the only light you see is coming from an antique radio. Listen to the sounds coming from the speaker, listen to the music, and listen to the voices. Night beat. Hi, this is Randy Stone. I cover the night beat for the Chicago Star. My stories start in many different ways. This one began in the shattering turmoil of a manhunt and ended in the quietness of the morgue. 
Nightbeat, starring Frank Lovejoy as Randy Stone. People are always telling me how lucky I am to have a job where all I've got to do is walk around Chicago at night looking for a story. It's a dandy little job, sure. All you need is a pneumonia jacket, an extra set of art supports, and a goodly supply of penicillin, and you're all set. <laughs> the city at night, fascinating. That old nose for news, frozen stiff and ready to fall off. Those eagle eyes so watery and bloodshot from the wind, they wouldn't serve a self-respecting canary. Yes, sir, it's lovely work if you can get it. And brothers and sisters, have I got it. <laughs> oh, I guess I was just bitter. I'd walked from the loop to the near north side, waiting for a story to tap me gently on the shoulder, and so far it was no hits, no runs, and no errors. The streets were empty. Everybody was home hugging a radiator. And then, far away, I heard that lonely blues-in-the-night sound. A police siren. And then another. And another. And then it seemed like there was a whole chorus of sirens singing about what a cruel, cruel world it all was. And then one siren separated itself from the rest and came closer. A prowl car coming down the street, stopping just a few yards away from me. And a police officer jumping out of it and hurrying to a call box. The officer passed under the street lamp, and I saw the excited look on his face, and I thought, all right, Stone, you lucky dog, let's go to work. This is Malachek. <clears throat> yeah, okay, we're on our way over there right now. Right. Uh, officer, just a second. What do you want, mister? What's up? Sounds like every squad car in the city's on the loose. Look, I got no time, mister. Read it in the papers tomorrow. Oh, I never touch the stuff. Look, the name is Stone, Chicago Star. Oh, reporter? Well, mildly, that's a general call, isn't it? I got no time to stand here, Gavin. I'll give it to you fast. Gig Sanvers busted loose. Sanvers? Great. When and how? Read it in your paper, Stone. All right, Crossan, let's move. They got him trapped. <laughs> Gig Sanders, two-time loser, a killer, loose in a city of four million people and everyone his enemy. I hurried to a phone, checked with the police, and then drove over to that part of Chicago called the Badlands. That strange area belonging to every city, surrounded by business section, yet itself run down, deteriorated, filled with tenements and abandoned factories. It was there the police had thrown a cordon around a boarded-up building. My pass got me through and up to the front line, and police Captain Allen. Hello, Stone. Well, the hunt's on, huh? I don't know. We'll see in a minute. Sanders in that building? Got a tip he would be. Wait a second. All right, All right Billings. Turn the searchlights on the building. Keep two of them on the roof. Run the others back and forth. Right. Sticking around, Stone? Yeah, I guess so. You sure Sanders is in there? No, but we couldn't afford to pass up the tip. The tip? Where'd he come from? No, no, no. It's just a phone call. But Sanders knew this neighborhood like the back of his hand, likely to be here. Captain Ireland, ready with the speaker now. Okay, bring it here. Malachek. It's quite a crowd gathered for the kill. Yeah, making it tough for us. Sanders is armed like an artillery corps, and if he's in there... Yeah, I see what you mean. How'd he get away? Haven't got the full details yet, but he was being taken to the death house. Killed a cop. He's a nice boy. Here you are, Captain. Okay. All right. Here it goes. Sanders! Sanders! Listen to me! There's no way out of that building that isn't covered. Come out with your hands in the air. We'll give you 20 seconds. Hear that, Sanders? 20 seconds. We'll count them off for you. Now, what if he doesn't show? Tear gas first, then we'll go in after him. Mm -hmm. If he comes out with his hands up, he goes to the death house. If he doesn't... He'll come out. Rats always believe there's a chance to beat the chair. Well, his life is hope. 
I'll sign of him. Malachek, come here. Yes, sir. Take the microphone. When I give the signal, start counting off 20 seconds. Yes, sir. He given him more than 20 seconds. Not him, the crowd. They won't push in so close when the counting starts. Oh. Oh, look at them. Look at those faces. Perfectly normal human beings for 23 and a half hours of the day. Give them something like this for 30 minutes and they become a mob. Waiting, watching, hoping for the kill. People, Randy, want to change them? Uh, yeah, sure. We'll retool and put out a nice new eight-cylinder model with a convertible sole. Get ready, Malachek. Yes, sir. Captain, there's my story. Sandwich? Oh, no, no, that's for the front page, boys. That mob, that's my story. Look at that young couple right over there. Look at those two. They're hoping Sanders will come out shooting. Otherwise, they'll want their money back, huh? I suppose so. I'll see you later. Where are you going? I want to stand by that couple and listen to them. All right. Malachek, start counting. But warn him first. Once more. Sanders. Sanders. We're going to start counting right now. Come out with your hands in the air or we'll cut you in half when we come in after you. One... Two, three, four. I edged my way behind the young couple. They looked so nice and so human. But here they were, the same as all the rest. Nine. Go back just a little over a thousand years, put on a toga, and take a seat in the Coliseum at Rome. Have a great day watching the gladiators butcher each other. Cheer for the lions, or if you prefer people, cheer for the slave to kill the lions. Makes no difference. It's all the same holiday. Somebody gets killed. And then it started. Let him have it! It was all over in a few moments. The tear gas, the police rushing in with their masks on, the crowd straining forward to get a glimpse of Sanders. But there was no Sanders, and the police came up. Nobody in there, Captain Ireland. There must have been. No, sir, not a soul. We've covered every inch. I watched the crowd, and strangely enough, there was relief on their faces. And even a little shame that they'd hoped for the kill. The young couple in front of me. He wasn't there, Ken. He wasn't there. I know. Come on. Let's get out of here quick. Ken, Ken, I'm, I'm sick. Evie, hold on to me. Let us through, please. Let us through. Yeah, here, this way. Come on. Will you clear the way, please? She's sick, mister. Maybe it's a natural reaction to disappointment. Huh? Nothing, nothing. Come on. We'll get through this way. Will you let us through, please? Excuse me, will you? Please. Thank you. She's got to sit down, mister. She's got it. Okay. Here, here's my car. Let her get in here. Kenny. Kenny wasn't there. He's... He's loose. Never mind. Come on, baby. I'll get you home. You better let me drive him. No. We'll be all right. Ken, I'm... I'm sick. I... Just a little while, Evie. We'll be home. Look, fella, it's easy to see what's the matter. She can't walk home in her condition. It ain't far. A block would be too far. I'll get a cab. No. I don't want anybody around us. Don't want anybody around you? That's a laugh. You bring her out here to this. Why didn't you take her on a nice tour through the packing house? Shut up. What right you got to talk like that? The founding fathers gave it to me. You don't know nothing about it. You don't know. Ken, take me home. Look, my car is still here. You're in no spot to refuse help no matter what your reason. Now, come on. Let him... Let him take his Kenny, please. I come on. They live very close. It didn't take over three minutes to get to their tenement building. I wanted to take her to a hospital, but she refused. She refused in a way that made me look at her hard. And there was another thing. The way she reacted when the police found out Gig Sanders wasn't in the old factory. Terror. That's what it was. Sheer terror. 
And I helped her husband carry her up the stairs and into their meager little flat. On the couch, mister. Yes. Okay. There. Now, have you got a phone? What for? Call a doctor. We ain't got a phone. But there's a drugstore. No, Ken. But, baby... We gotta get out. We ain't got time for a doctor now. Just... Let me rest. You're in no condition to refuse a doctor. I'm all right now. Yeah, yeah, sure. It ain't gonna be for three weeks. That's what the doctor said. Three weeks? And you drag her out to that great exhibition? Why didn't she... Shut up! Told you before you didn't know nothing about her. Mind your own business and leave us alone. What are you you looking like that for? What's the matter with you, with both of you? Nothing. Oh, yes, there is. You're scared stiff. Of what? Please go, like Kenny says. Leave us alone. Well, let me phone for a doctor from the drugstore. I, I, I won't come back. Just the doctor. Evie? No. We ain't got time, Kenny. Don't you know that? We ain't got time. He's loose, Ken. He's loose. Easy, baby. Don't. You're talking about Gig Sanders, aren't you? Why? Why are you afraid of him? Do you know him? Come on. What about a talk? No. Not to nobody. You're scared of Sanders. Why? Look, mister, you helped us, all right? Thanks. Now get out of here. We got to tell somebody. I said nobody. You know what'll happen. We got to tell... Mister, who are you? My name is Stone, Chicago Star. Newspaper, newspaper. That frighten you? Maybe he can help. Maybe he can. Nobody can, you know that. I'll tell him. Evie, shut up. It was Kenny who tipped the cops. Evie. I had to tell somebody. Maybe he can help. That's the truth, Kenny. I... Yeah. It was me tipped the cops. That Sanders was in the factory? I thought he might be, but he wasn't. All right, all right. Now tell me something else. How do you know so much about it? Come on, if you want me to help, i got to know you're on the level, so tell me. Tell him. How do I know that he won't go straight to the police? How do I know that? we got to trust somebody. we got to. Can we trust anybody? Well, try it and see. I... Him and me, in the same gang once. I did time, but I got out before he did. I went straight because... Because... Go ahead. It was for me. Oh. All right, now... How about the tip to the police? There'll be a reward, you know. Sanders is big time. I didn't do it for no reward. Okay, okay, I'm sorry. Mr. Stone, help us. How? How can I help? By getting out now and keeping your trap shut up. And that'll help. Now you'll be back where you started. Your wife knows that, or she wouldn't have asked me to help. Gig will come after us. How would he know that you gave the information to the police? He'll guess. We used that factory plenty of times for a hideout. Nobody else knew how to get in. There's a cell away. All right, let me ask you another question, Kenny. What? Why did you tip the police? Gig. Gig hates me. Why? Kenny married me while... while Gig was still in the pen. Oh, you were uh, his girl? No, I never was. I never was his girl at all. I was like everything else Gig liked. Everything was his, no matter who it belonged to. To him, a, a girl was like anything else. His, his gun, his clothes. Anytime Gig Sanders wanted something, it was his. I never loved him. I, I told him, but he just laughed like... What I felt didn't mean nothing. I see, and now... Now he's loose. He hates me because of Evie, and he's going to know I tipped the coppers. Mr. Stone, if it's the last thing he does, he's going to get us, Evie and me. You are listening to Nightbeat, starring Frank Lovejoy as Randy Stone. Those kids were scared, plenty scared. 
I asked him the only question that made sense, and I got my answer. Go to the police? <laughs> sure. A guy who serves time goes to the cops. He tells him he gave him a bum steer. They got every copper in Chicago around that factory while Gig gets away someplace else. Yeah, yeah, sure. They'd believe me, wouldn't they? Well, try it. I'll go with you. Listen, you don't know. I changed my name. I moved all over the state looking for a job. This is the only place I could get one. I had to come back here. So what does that prove? It'll be in the papers. He'll lose his job, Mr. Stone. I can't do that. Not with Evie. Then what do you want me to do? Look, maybe if I give you a, a, a list of the places the coppers might find you, maybe you could tip him. So what if he doesn't show up? There ain't many places he can go. Look, maybe by this time he's out, maybe even out of the state. He's killed an officer. He won't dare to stay here. Gig, as long as he knows Evie and me are still alive, he'll stay. He hates me so much, he'll take that chance. Does he know you live here? No. I ain't even seen any of the old bunch at all. I moved around. Always moving to keep away. Mr. Stone, go to the police. But don't tell him nothing about me. Will you get it through your head that they'll protect you? Even so, Gig's got friends. If they find out it was me... All right, yeah. So you gotta go to the police... All right. Where's the drugstore? Right at the corner. You'll see it. All right. Stay right here. Keep your door locked until I get back. It was a short two minutes to the corner drugstore. I put in my call and started back to the flat. The street was quiet, deserted. The dirty tenements, a solid block of ugliness against the night. I reached the tenement entrance, and I was just about to start up the steps. Hey, pal. Huh? Don't send him up. And nice and quiet. That's it. What is this, a hold-up? Sure, a hold-up. Now listen to me. Take out a cigarette. What? Take out a cigarette. That's it. Now light it. Act natural. Good boy. Now? Where are you? In your car at the curb, smart boy. Don't turn around, I said. Take a look up and down the street. I am. Coppers? No. Okay. Now come here to the car. You're going to do like I tell you, understand? What do you want? Who? You know who I am, Stone. Yeah, I guess I do. Listen, I'm going up to that flat you come to. Don't do it, sir. Sure, I'm going to do it. This gun says I can do it. Leave the two kids alone. Yeah. All alone. You're wasting time, Sanders. Time you could use to better advantage. Sure. Now step back a couple of feet. I'm getting out. Just stay in there. Keep smoking a cigarette. Walk ahead of me. Straight in that house. Move. Stop here. Sanders. You're not going to do this and still have time to get away. Real concerned about me, ain't you? Don't worry, I'm a big boy. All right, give him a break. Sure, like they was going to give me. Now, listen. You're going back up to that flat. You're going to knock on the door, and you're going to tell him to let you in. That clear? What if I don't? So be a hero. I'll get in anyway. It's just easier this way. Okay? I, uh... All right. So let's go. slow walk up the stairs was a nightmare. I walked down the hall toward the flat. The flat where those two kids waited behind the door that they thought would keep the terror and death away from them. Then, knock. Who is it? Answer. Sanders, please don't do it. You can answer him. Who is it? Answer. It's Stone Kenny, but I... 
was a long time. Inside. Ah! Shut up or I will. Leave me, Evie. Evie, don't. Don't stop. Lock that door. All right, Kenny boy. Over on the couch. Gig, gig. Don't hurt Evie. She's gonna have... I see, yeah. Congratulations. Listen to me. Shut up. Stone. What? Get over to the couch. On your way, turn out the light. And stay in line with the window so I can see you against the street lamp. Now sit down. We'll talk. You gonna listen to me, Gig? Sure, I'm a wonderful listener. Only make it good and funny, huh? Even me fell in love, Gig. You ain't gonna blame us for that. <laughs> Evie and you fell in love. You think I worried about that? You think I cared what she did? Nah. It's what you done tonight. He was afraid, Sanders. Afraid that you'd come after him because of Evie. I thought about it, mister. Yeah, plenty. But I figured let it go. It ain't worth it. But this tonight is something different. Turning stooly. You'll never get out of Chicago, Sanders. Every cop in the city will be looking for you. That's nothing new to me. Now you, Kenny boy. You did tip the coppers, didn't you? Kid, listen. We're... We're nothing. You ever got a chance, Sanders? <laughs> no chance. I always got a chance. My luck's good. You know why I wasn't in that factory, Kenny boy? Because my luck held. I had to get some dough first. <laughs> and you know where I was? In that crowd, just standing there watching. You were in the crowd? Yeah, like watching my own funeral, only the coffin was empty. And I saw you and Evie, Kenny. That's how I knew where the tip come from. All right, you're smart, Sanders. Now be smarter. You got us where you want us. We can't make a move. But if you kill us, you'll kill the time you need to get away. I got ways. Like I come here. I followed you in a cab, then hid in your park car. Now, ain't that smart? Evie, you ain't said nothing. Dig, you gonna kill us? Yeah, I'm gonna kill you. Sanders, you said your luck held. It can't hold forever. What you're doing now is giving the police minute after minute to catch up with you, and they will sooner or later. You killed an officer, Sanders. You know what that means. Him or me, it had to be that way. Doesn't have to be this way. This way? What Kenny done was to save Evie's life and the baby's right or wrong. That's why he did it. What would you have done to save your own life? I killed a cop to save my life. That answer you? Yes, I guess it does. So it makes sense. That's a radio there by you, ain't it? Yeah. Send it on. We're all gonna sit here and wait for the news. Gonna see how I'm making out. We sat in the semi darkness of the room. The only light came from the window that faced the street. Then the 11 o'clock news broadcast came on. The meeting tomorrow will tell us more. Tonight in Chicago, the city's manhunt goes on for Gig Sanders, convicted and sentenced killer. Acting on an anonymous tip, the police surrounded the old Phillips factory, but Sanders had not been there or had escaped before the cordon could be drawn tightly. Meanwhile, rewards totaling $2,800 have been offered. Shut up! $2,800. A real nice nest egg, huh, Kenny boy? It wasn't any reward. No, now. Sanders. What do you want, Stone? You said you were smart. So, what are you getting at? Maybe you forgot one thing. Yeah? You came here in a cab. So? The driver get a look at your face? <laughs> Don't give me that. The cops would be here long before now. Oh, no, Sanders. Only about a half hour has gone by since they tried for you in the factory. Figure it out. By the time the cab driver reports, by the time the police check... Shut up. You're wasting time. You got half a chance if you take it. Yeah. Yeah. I guess you talked me into it. Okay, I'll get going. Greg, no. Please. 
No. Gig, gig, gig. Not, the, not Evie. Not the baby. The baby? Evie? I could have been rotten in that factory by now. What would... satisfaction will you get from this sandwich? Satisfaction? Everything in the world. You were friends. Yeah, friends. Did you tell him how good friends we were, Kenny? Did you tell him how we played in the same dirty, stinking streets? How we ate the same slop in the orphan asylum? Did you tell him all that? Big. Yeah, Evie, did you tell him how I was always the one to get Kenny out of jazz when we were kids? They tell you that, Stone? No, but you're thinking of it. Remember it. I am. Oh, I am. All Kenny wanted was a decent life. Even though it cost mine, huh? He wanted to live for his wife and their baby. And I want to live. For what? You shouldn't have said that, Stone. I didn't have nothing against you till you said that. I was going to that death house when I busted loose. I figured a million ways to get away, and I took the chance when it come. I killed a cop, a cop. And I know what happens to a cop, Jenner, I know. Man, they're coming. I guess you were right about that cabin. The minute the cops will all be set up and ready to get me. Yeah, but I killed a cop. That's how bad I wanted to live. But nobody wants me to. Nobody, you hear? Nobody. Listen, Sanford. You listen. A couple of weeks ago, there was a leopard loose. And you know what the people said? You know, Stone? Yes, I know. They felt sorry for the leopard. That's right. Everybody wanted that leopard taken alive. Nobody wanted it killed. But me, me, I'm a human being. And they want to see me cut to pieces. Maybe because that's all the difference in the world between you and that animal. Is there? Is there? You're going to tell me the leopard would know better if he killed to get away. Well, I don't. No, because that's the way I learned to live. Because you didn't want any other way, Sanders. Because it was the easiest way. You grew up in a gutter. You never wanted to get out of it. Other men did. I ain't other men. I'm Gig Sanders. Gig Sanders. Gig, they're all around. You ain't got a chance. Yeah, and that's dandy for you. Just what you want. No, Gig. No, I swear it ain't. You swear. Now you listen. I'm going out. Yeah, but not with my hands up. And I ain't gonna die alone. Sanders, don't. Do one last decent thing. Let these kids alone. Gig, listen. I'll go with you. Kenny, no. Gig, Gig, I'll, I'll go with you. It'll be you and me again like it always was. I hope you get away. We can do it together, Gig. We always used to, me and you, remember? You're crazy, Kenny. If they think you're going out with him, you won't have a chance. I'll cut you down with him. You Kenny, won't... stay here. I gotta do it, Evie. You gotta see that. I have to do it. Gig, you wanna kill me, all right. I'll be dead if that's what you want, but I'm going out with you. I got a gun. I got a gun. Kenny, put it down. Don't. So you got a gun. You got a gun. All right, shoot me. Why don't you shoot me? I could have. Any time we were sitting here. But you didn't. You was always soft, Kenny boy. You see, Stone, that's the difference between him and me. Then shoot me. Go ahead, kill me now. But even if you don't, I'm going out with you, Gig. Kenny, you're not talking sense. Sanders, Sanders, we know you're in there. Sanders, this is Captain Ireland. Listen to me. Sanders. I'm listening, copper. Sanders, there are innocent people in that building. We'll give them time to clear. If you've got any human decency left in you, wait before you do anything. But I warn you, Sanders... Come out with your hands in the air. What are you going to do? You know what I'm going to do? Covers! Covers, I'm coming out! Right out the front door! Tell everybody else to stay in! Tell them! All right, Sanders. But with your hands up! Now listen, people. 
Stay in your rooms, lie down on the floor, and stay away from windows and doors. I'm coming, coppers! They'll kill your gig. Sanders, go out with your hands in the air. Oh, sure, sure. Now, Evie, Kenny... Gig. Sanders. Do it, then, Gig. Do it and get it over with. Kenny, Kenny, boy, get where I can see your face. Think what you're doing, Sanders. Shut up, son. And the light by the window, Kenny. Now, let me look at you. You... You said you'd go out with me. Yeah. Kenny, don't lie to me now. Don't lie now. I'll go with you, Kate. Swear it's the truth, Kenny. Swear it's the truth. I don't have to swear it, Kate. You're looking at me. Going out alone. Now, what about Kenny, Evie? That can rot in this stinking world. That can rot. Not me. I'm going out. I'm going out and meet all the coppers in Chicago. Gig, stay where you are. He's gone. He's gone. Sanders, come out with your hands up. Hello, coppers! $2,800 lying down there, Kenny. Better get down and pick it up. I don't want it. You had all the chance in the world. Why didn't you kill him? I couldn't. Gate Sanders was my brother. It's almost dawn again, and I've written another story. It's a story that began a long time ago when a man looked up and answered a question with another question. Am I my brother's keeper? There's an answer to that, and our society has made it. Yes, you are your brother's keeper, but the kept must be worthy of the keeping. Copy, boy. Night Beats, a new dramatic series, stars Frank Lovejoy as Randy Stone. Tonight's story was written by Russell Hughes. Night Beat is edited by Larry Marcus and directed by Warren Lewis. Music by Frank Worth. Others in tonight's cast were Ted DeCorsia, Georgia Ellis, Shepard Menken, Louis Haight, Herb Ellis, and Alan Slate. Frank Lovejoy will next be seen in Milton Sperling's production, Rock Bottom, released by Warner Brothers. Throughout the week, NBC brings you the very best adventure mystery dramas on the air. You'll hear action-packed, fast-moving plots to hold your interest right up to the smashing climax on NBC's thrilling mystery shows. During these stellar programs, you'll hear mystery and intrigue, adventure and high-tension drama. Match your powers of observation against the best in detective fiction in solving crimes and unraveling intrigue. There's fast-moving action to lift you from beside your radio into the romantic land of mystery and adventure. These exciting dramas are as interesting as tomorrow's race results today. And you'll hear them every night over most of these NBC stations. Remember, if it's mystery and adventure dramas you're tuned for, tune for the best. 
on NBC. Listen next week at this same time and every week as Randy Stone searches through the city for the strange stories waiting for him in the darkness. The stories that come out of the shadows to find their way into Night Beat. Tomorrow, Fred Allen joins Bob Hope. Now, Jack Benny is on NBC. That was Am I My Brother's Keeper from Nightbeat here on the Mysterious Old Radio Listening Society podcast. Once again, I'm Eric. I'm Tim. And I'm Joshua. And that is our 150th episode selection selected by you, our mysterious listeners. What were the other ones that we put on that poll? The Green Hornet. Yeah. Candy Matson. Yeah. Box 13. And someone else included The Adventures of the Scarlet Queen. I've been meaning to sit down and listen to that. Uh, the, I think you'd like it a lot. Oh, I know. It's right up my alley. It, it, again, every time I'm like, I'm going to go listen. No, because I have 75 shows i got to listen to for the next podcast recording. <laughs> and so I've, yeah. I haven't listened to anything outside this podcast on my own for a long yeah. time. Well, I'm glad we spoiled you something you enjoy. Uh, <laughs> but we put this poll on our totally. Facebook discussion group and night beat beat everyone by a mile. Uh, this is a very popular old-time radio show. This is going to be an interesting discussion. <laughs> I had never heard Night Beat. Mm -hmm. And I'll do a sentence here, and then hopefully I can uh, defend it. Ooh. Eh. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that anything about it was poor. Nothing. It wasn't written poorly it wasn't performed poorly it wasn't produced poorly everything about it was great just a little uh run of the millish for me in the sense of like a police procedural and i'm so sorry because i'm mad at myself is what i'm trying to get at because when you look at it you're like that's great it was really well done and i just i just went yeah that's that's what that was also i was waiting for the surprise twist ending and right before he said it, I said, oh, it's his brother, right? Yeah, the and, title does it. But even without the title, it's a forced twist ending. Because there's no reason they wouldn't have told the reporter guy, what's his name again, Stone? Oh, there I disagree. And they would have said, yeah, so here's the deal. This guy, oh, he's my brother. I think it's well set up that he does not want to talk. He doesn't tell him anything. He doesn't tell him he's got a gun. Yeah. And the yeah. whole time he could kill him. So that I have no problem with. Really? My complaint is actually the opposite of... By that point, he's established, like, we've been friends since childhood. We've been very close. When they actually got to that, I'm like, oh, I, I see it, but I didn't need it. I didn't need the new brothers to have that same impact. Yeah. You know, they had been together since they were children. And that was what was important about it. And the actual familial relationship didn't add a lot for me. Right. It didn't need I any think kind it of adds twist. a thematic thing. Yes. And I think as a podcast, we focus a lot on plot. Whereas Nightbeat puts the theme and the human story over plot right. to a certain extent. It doesn't mean that criticisms of the plot aren't valid. But I think the one place the brother thing plays in is this argument about nature versus nurture that slipped in there with the story about the escaped leopard making you think of you know can a leopard change its spots because it's two brothers who grew up in the exact same circumstances and one turned his life around and the other didn't that's why i think it's significant that he's the brother at least from the writer's point of view i think you're right that 
emotionally, they do such a good job that you didn't need it. They could have been close for other reasons. And as far as the reaction of meh, totally fair, totally legit, I think part of it is the 50s, this style of intense character-driven storytelling is a direct response to a lot of the storytelling that you love. Hmm. It sort of thrives in a little bit of mundane quality where you want action and and flourishes. Mm -hmm. This Uh, is post-Dragnet. Yeah. And he is absolutely 100% not an infallible hero. No. He, as a reporter, does very little in the story. Right. He is more an observer than a hero. The only really... More of a problem at some point. (laughs) Yeah. The active thing he does is give them a ride. And he totally misjudges them Mm -hmm. at the beginning. He thinks Mm -hmm. they're just these guys leering at this Mm -hmm. possibly violent situation. He does his best to try to talk Gig out of killing him, but none of it works. It is Gig, huh? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I listened and I was like, are they saying Gig? Is that a name? Isn't Gig Young a guy? I don't know. Yeah, I think it's an old-timey name. If I knew, I wouldn't be asking that. (laughs) And is it Sanders or Sandler's? I think it was Sanvers with a. Oh no! I wasn't you can, right on well, you can tell because when they have the radio broadcaster come on, he speaks it very clearly oh. and enunciates Sanvers. Yeah, it's it drags a little for me in the sense that you're right. You know, not a lot happens. It's psychological in the sense of we're in a room now together, and what are we going to do, right? And how are we going to get out of this? And who's going to talk him out of it or not talk him out of it? Are we going to die or not going to die? And it slows down. It's like it starts fast and just continues to slow down for me. You don't find that <clears throat> entire scene where they're trapped in the flat at gunpoint with Gig and a pregnant woman, and he's threatening mm-hmm. to kill them, and they're just trying mm-hmm. to talk them out of it. You right. don't find that tense, yeah. and it's about a third of it. Yeah, it's about a third of the play. Yeah, and to me, that didn't slow down. To me, that's where it gets ratcheted up. It got repetitive for me, I think, is my problem. Like, yep, we understand the situation, and it just kept perpetuating. But so halfway what are we through, we find out that he has a gun. And to me, there that's, is that. a, that's a surprise, and you're left going, wait. Why didn't you shoot him? Yeah. What? And you're in the same shoes as Randy there going, you could you could have just shot him. And Randy's pissed at the end, too, right? When he goes, hey, there's your $2,800 lying out there. Why don't you go pick it up? <laughs> well, which also leads me to my point again. I can't let go of the idea that somehow that they were brothers would have come up in one way, shape, or form before the end. That's why it felt like a forced twist to me. They were holding back I mean, a I, piece of information. I took the point of that the division between them had gotten so strong that he just didn't even want to acknowledge that fact. Yeah. Or maybe they forgot. I, I quite <laughs> like this overall. I will say in that ending, I got to the point of that Randy shut up. Shut up with the, like, you got no time. The police are on their way. There was a cabbie. You got to make a decision to kill us or not right now. Like, give him a little time to think about it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's one of the things I love about this character, Randy Stone, though. Like I said, he makes mistakes. He misjudges Mm -hmm. people. He often has to back down from his opinions Mm -hmm. or initial points of view. And it's, Again, like Tim said, very much in contrast to these square-jawed heroic characters. But Frank Lovejoy has a little of that in his performance, though, too, um, which makes it a little more complex. The other thing I love about Nightbeat is I feel like they have really snappy, fun dialogue. Yeah, Yet, it comes off as natural. I wrote on my notes, you know, noir speak. But it's not too over the top. It's still within, like, I can imagine someone saying this who's just a clever guy. 
the one that really caught me was a goodly supply of penicillin. Because <laughs> first of all, it's a funny sentence, and second of all, like, wait, wait, what are you gonna be doing tonight? <laughs> that you need penicillin? Um, uh, or when the one cop dismisses Randy and says, "You can read about it in the papers tonight, buddy," and he's like, ah, "I don't touch this stuff." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the other interesting benefit to a reporter character is that you can deal with exposition in a way that seems much more natural. Uh, because at the top of the show, uh, Randy comes across Captain Ireland, a cop that he knows as a reporter. In like two minutes, having a discussion with his cop, he gets all this exposition out of him that seems perfectly normal because it's a reporter asking a cop questions. Right. Because we find out really fast, like uh, Sambers is holed up in a condemned building, armed like an uh, artillery corps that cops know because they received an anonymous tip. Sambers escaped on his way to the death house and killed a cop. There's now a crowd gathered around to see this guy get blown away. That's a lot. But it all feels really natural. Compare that to like uh, Circle of Death from the Shadow that we listened to a month or so ago that had those right. officer exposition and they just stand there telling each other <laughs> information that they clearly already know, but they're just saying right. it out loud to the listener. So it's a benefit of the reporter character. And maybe it's because I haven't listened to a lot of the newspaper crime shows, but mm. like that's very different. There's it a real reason to ask important questions. So much. And here again, I might get slapped. But of uh, Kolchak. <laughs> is that the, the rule? Night Stalker? We, we make a Night Stalker reference and get slapped? <laughs> I, I was concerned of it. It was like, no, that is nothing like Night Stalker. Shut your ignorant mouth. <laughs> it is a little. Phew. <laughs> How did the cops know that he was in the flat? I missed. He the... took a cab there. If Randy they, sets it up. If yeah, they follow the you. same logic that he thought they would, the cabbie told them. And is that how we used to get stories? You just walk around the streets all night until, until you run into a story? Is well, it sounds it like his usual thing is just like, I walk around, I talk to some interesting people, I maybe get a story, and then he just stumbled into, oh, I'm trapped in a hostage situation. That, that's not his usual, uh, having not heard more of the series. Uh, the, yeah, the, the rest very... of the series is him just walking around all night going, well. And nothing happened. Nothing happened. <laughs> I see why you chose this one. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's what he does. Is his beat is stories that happen at night, and that's the shtick of his column. So he does just go around, talk to people, hang out until he finds a story or a story finds him. And in the case of this episode, I thought it was interesting. He thinks his story is something else. He sees that mob, and he's like, I'm zeroing in on them. I'm going to write a story about you know the, the human need for Harass violence. This pregnant and, lady. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it turns out, obviously, to be something entirely different. And that's often the case. And it's very hard to pick an episode of Nightbeat because some of the best episodes are variations on this theme. But you wouldn't appreciate them unless you knew what the baseline Nightbeat is. And I think this is a very strong baseline episode of Nightbeat. I just want to highlight, because I right, enjoyed it, the sequence where Gig first runs into Stone of mm-hmm. pull out a cigarette, pretend you're casual, look yeah. around, you see police, and he still has no idea where he actually is, just following these orders. And like, wow, Gig's a pretty smart guy. And I think that's really critical, because it tells you, when Gig gets them up there in that flat, that this is a shrewd, smart yeah. guy. When he says, I can get away, you believe him. Yeah. You realize this is a dangerous situation. The other great piece of writing in here, in my opinion, is the description of the room. Because they mention a couple times, Gig gets him in there and tells Randy, go over there by the window so I can see you. Right. And so you get this idea, oh, it's this darkened room. Mm-hmm. And then it, Gig, again, calls Kenny over to the window 
so he can see his face. There's this really tense moment where, to me as the listener, you don't know, is he calling him over there because he wants to see his face, to see the fear in his face as he kills him? And then when you find out he's his brother, does he just want to see his brother's face one more time? Or did he call him over there to kill him and then see his face and couldn't do it, and that's what convinced him to just storm out and do it alone? Well, and that results in that exchange of promise me you aren't lying, as I don't have to promise you can see my face. Yeah. Again, I think Nightbeat is that thing you got to go and you're looking for a different type of writing than maybe we always do in this podcast, which is probably why it's taken 150 episodes <laughs> to bring it here, because I love Nightbeat to death. And a lot of it, to me, I would say about a third of it, maybe even more, uh, two-thirds of it is Frank Lovejoy. I love his yeah. performance. Yeah. The opening, which all of them have, where he's describing his night, you know, it's lovely work if you can get it, and brothers and sisters, have I got it. And it's this thing where he's, you know, enumerating the hardships of his job with this smile in his voice. And through his performance, even though he's saying how terrible it is, you know he wouldn't trade it for the world. Yeah. And so there's a lot of subtle stuff in here. This is maybe going to get me slapped, but I would almost call Nightbeat the Columbo of old-time radio. Slap him. <laughs> Cold <Ouch. check. laughs> Night Stalker slap. <laughs> um, it's really driven by the protagonist. There's a a very strong formula and if you enjoy that formula you're like yes yeah. and also like Columbo when I was sitting down to pick an episode there's not a thing on the forable board of Nightbeat they're just right. all like really good it's this banquet of small moments Yeah, I really struggle as much as I love the series to come up with that towering episode that embodies everything that is Nightbeat and I think that's the same with Columbo it's this just series of small pleasures embedded in this formulaic structure I love it. A particular piece of writing in this that I enjoyed was his disdain for the crowd and how we've never changed and how we'll stand around and wait for something horrifying to happen and how disgusted he was by everybody. And there's a way you can say, well, that was unnecessary. It had nothing to do with the story. But I kind of liked that it was unnecessary and had nothing to do with the story. It was just <laughs> his, his thoughts and what he was observing and... Uh, maybe you can tie that into something later, uh, but... I, I think it ties in a little in that... He misjudged the couple? He misjudged the couple, Yeah, and that question hangs over it, can people change? And I think that's a little bit where human he's saying nature. people... Human nature hasn't changed, but he runs into Kenny, who has totally changed his right. life. I knew there had to be a connection. Yeah. But I still love that piece of writing, yeah. like yeah. where he's just so mad at all these... And structurally, it's a nice gawkers. red herring where he thinks he's got one story and it turns out to be a completely different right. story. So I think it works on multiple yeah. levels. Um, we throw it to the vote? Yeah. Third. I'll start because I've changed my mind in the last 20 minutes. Listening to it didn't grab me and make me go, well, that was great, uh, but it also didn't make me go, oh my God, how much longer is this? <laughs> <laughs> who picked this I, I did enjoy it a lot but it's pedestrian in a certain sense but really well done does that make sense what i'm trying to say mm-hmm. it's yeah. it's a typical crime story in a lot of ways but it has some nice layers to it and it has great performance and production and uh i went from a 6.5 to an 8.9 how's that <laughs> wow in the discussion i very much like this it starts to get in the time of radio where it's not the old school radio to my ear, mm-hmm. um, that it, it feels kind of modern, but then old modern, so then it feels a little more old fashioned than actual mm-hmm. old radio to me. There is a certain sort of tone and 
algorithm to like this 50s era mm-hmm. storytelling. Well, it's trying to be more realistic yeah. for its time, but now we have reached a point of such realism <laughs> that it, their realism seems hokey. Yeah, it's not even hokey. It's just like it, this feels of a time, mm-hmm. uh, which is not necessarily a criticism. It's just that in some ways, older radio, I don't give any thought to the age. Mm-hmm. This, it, I really felt it. I'm like, this is a period piece. Yeah, it's very specific. Um, all that being said, I really enjoyed it. I'd be happy to listen to more. It's very well written and a think piece. Yeah, think piece. Most of them are think pieces. So uh, I picked this one partially I may have been wrong, but partially because it's heavier on the suspense and crime tropes than a lot of other episodes of Nightbeat. So I mm-hmm. thought it might be a more appropriate introduction for this podcast than some of the other ones. Like I said previously, I think this is a really strong baseline Nightbeat. Right. So uh, I think Nightbeat really stands the test of time, a little to what you're saying and in contrast to what you're saying, because it's starting to have these contemporary concerns that are, I think, more familiar to a 21st century audience. I don't know that it's a classic, but I have a hard time, again, coming up with the classic Nightbeat. So maybe some listeners can tell us what the towering achievement of Nightbeat is. I kind of think of Nightbeat as this tapestry of stories, and it's sort of in its wholeness that it's really impressive. And Frank Lovejoy, I just... You love yeah. Lovejoy. Yeah. Yep. Also, uh, just a side note, uh, this also has uh, Georgia Ellis as Evie, our second Georgia Ellis oh. in a row. She was in tons of old-time radio. She was in last week's Escape episode as well. Who is she? <laughs> she was Evie, the only oh. female. <laughs> Ow! So many slaps. Why did it take us 150 episodes to come up with using slap bowling? What a <laughs> pent-up slaps in us. Well, I'll give that three slaps. (laughs) Tim, tell them stuff. Please go visit ghoulishdelights.com. And thank you so much for the last three years now. Is that how long we've been doing this? It's about 50 episodes a year. Seems like 80. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) We have just been shocked and amazed and delighted by the support and the people who have enthusiastically embraced our love and shared their love of old radio. Um, and so if you want to go to galushdelights.com, you'll be able to leave comments, send us messages. If you have uh, episodes you want us to listen to, we'll add it to our list. Uh, and also, we have live shows that if you go to galushdelights.com, you'll find information about our live shows. You can come see us, which we would love. Yes, uh, you can also go to patreon.com slash the morals and support this podcast. Uh, thank you for everybody who already is a generous uh, supporter. Uh, we really appreciate that. Um, you can also go to iTunes and write a review. We appreciate that. We just appreciate you all for this 150th episode. So uh, thank you. And uh, we would love to see you at our live shows where we do recreations of all-time radio. Uh, If you're in the area, usually the Twin Cities or outlying areas, look us up. We can't give you anything specific because the Internet's timeless and endless. (laughs) (laughs) But right now, in September of 2019, we are still performing. (laughs) (laughs) So if this is 2080... (laughs) <laughs> we're don't, all dead right, please don't come see us come see our cryogenically preserved yes. brains <laughs> what's coming up next next we have a listener request we will be listening to an episode of the mysterious traveler called the queen of cats until then
Slap him. <laughs> Night Stalker slap.